Hello and welcome to Faces on the Mainline. My guests today are Dr. Toshkezi. He is a neurosurgeon and he'll tell me us all about himself. And my other guest is John A. Light, uh, who was a guest on the show before. John and I have known each other for about six or seven years. And he can tell you a little bit about himself. Uh, hello, this is John Ricciuti, and um, welcome to the show. Uh, doctor, thank you for coming on. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about yourself, Doctor? Thank you for the invite. Uh, I'm uh, Dr. Gentian Toshkazi. I'm uh, from Albania. I did my medical school in Albania, graduated with uh, cum laude, and, uh, and I got uh, a gold medal from the president of Albania in 2000. I did the training in Paris, and then I came to America, to U.S. in 2005. I did fellowships, and I did my residency in Upstate Medical University in New York. Uh, I did fellowship after my residency there. And actually, I'm working at Thomas Jefferson University Hospital as an attending neurosurgeon. So, so your field of practice is brain surgery? Correct. That must be very difficult. It is uh, difficult, it's beautiful, it's challenging, and uh, it gives you the opportunity to help people and to, do, to give uh, the best uh, of, of myself to help them. Do you, are, are there continuing advances in brain surgery all the time? Absolutely. Brain surgery, it's a field that has had advances for the past 20 years, has been a, a big revolution, I would say, in technology and advances that we are doing. It's uh, much better now. The technology is helping us to do interventions uh, of, with a good quality and good outcomes for our patients. John, we know. We, you and I are friends so from the past and um, you just tell me briefly quickly about yourself oh ex-gangsta ex-mafia people know i was an enforcer at one time um changed my life and i'm involved in advocating um pro police pro america but i'm also involved in helping some cases like oscar lugo out of philadelphia who got 400 years and in my opinion philadelphia has been one of the most corrupt government-run agencies and it's, actually it's not my opinion 53 different political people have been arrested in this uh, state for corruption. So when guys like Oscar Lugo get 400 years, unwarranted, should be home a long time ago, I'm advocating for guys for some of these cases. And overall, the police department, I, like I said, I am for, but for the, some of the corrupt police department that ruin it for the rest, uh, I have to expose them. And uh, again, I'm pro-police, but I'm pro-America, but I, I'm uh, on a different path in my life. I, I'm uh, trying to help these people that have been convicted, to, you know, for the wrong things for the wrong amount of time. Other than being Albanian, what's your connection? Uh, I think I know John from uh, more than five years now. In Albania, we met. John is a celebrity there in Albania. I was on vacation at that time. We, it, it happened that we were in the same place. And uh, I found in John uh, that guy that wants to help people. I think the connection, the other connection is uh, we both want the best for other people and to help. He on his way uh, with his history and that he led behind, telling people, uh, motivate people for a better life, myself in another direction, helping people in need to improve their lives. People who has uh, a disease, brain tumors, or spine disease, and that also is um, also helping them. So I think the other connection is helping people. Yeah. Well, I, I like uh, you're, you're a good uh, imprimatur for John. 
uh, that you've uh, you kind of anointed him, anointed him as a friend, and 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 you're doing good things for for a lot of people. I think our, one of the things we want to touch on today is um, Kensington and the drug issues surrounding this, that community. I guess I'm sure you're familiar with it as well. Um, you personally had a tragedy in your life. Can you, are you, you, you welcome to talk about that? Yeah, I'm open to talk about it. I uh, started with Kensington. Uh, I got involved because of the opioid crisis, the drug crisis, the, uh, the locations for uh, the government's approving some of these uh, drug-free zones where they can shoot up, and uh, and it's being funded by the government for these. And I'm against it. I think it brings nothing but uh, more crime. Uh, brings the drug dealers to those locations. It traps these kids and these adults that are using drugs in a no-ending no zone of circling around, and and our government's basically giving up on them by doing this. I think it should be more uh, help with the uh, therapy, psychological, um, there should be more uh, people advocating to get them off drugs and somehow uh, mentally, not to give them drugs nonstop where they're never going to stop using them. And, and the crime that's there, they're being, they're, they're being victimized by uh, people that are on the street taking advantage of them. How, how do you do that? How do you get people to go into rehab? I mean, I spent 13 months, my partner and I, Jill Freshy, uh, developing a, a documentary that was award-winning about the, the crisis in Kensington. How do you get someone who's a user, and they've gotten there for a number of reasons. They could have had an abused childhood. They could have been, uh, there could have been a, an, incest, an incestuous situation involving someone. They could be a military veteran who's no longer uh, able to, to get uh, drugs, so they start to to buy drugs. Well, I'll, I'll tell you on a personal standard. I, you know, I got involved with you for people don't know, and I, I I was involved. You a were bit part of the film. Kens part of the film. Yeah, Kensington. you were part of the film, and you. And yeah. I've been, and I was on the other side of this. I was a drug dealer. I was a criminal. I understand the mindset of people that we were selling to. So, I'm stepping back from that. And I see both ends of this, that I think political people and government people have agendas and that they're not true. Well, some of them are true, but they just don't have the understanding and knowledge. Instead of putting this money or government funded money into these zones, they should be putting this money into free rehabilitation because kids can't even afford these re rehabilitations if they want to go or the parents. It's too expensive. It's thousands and thousands of dollars. So this should be funded by our local government and our federal government and help these kids get the the, the help they need as far as therapy in these places and not prisons. Well, Shapiro, Governor Shapiro, has got a lot of money coming filled off his way. How should he use that money? You have to take people, you, you know, it's like anything else you have. Congress, you have a table full of people with ideas and different walks of life and nationalities and religions and have guys like me and other guys that understand the street and some political people sitting down together and, and talk it out of what you think the best way is to work with these people. But it isn't giving them drugs and giving them access to drugs and giving them access to drug dealers who are indebting them to it and then using them to go rob for them or kill for them or because they're in trouble and they need those drugs. These aren't criminals. These are addicted people that need help. So there's got to be a better way than what they're doing now because this is insane what they're doing. They're just 
they're just piling people on top of people to keep getting high. There's no there's no end in sight. No, there isn't. I know that it's worse now than ever. Doctor, what's your opinion? I think that uh, this is something that is uh, touching our society today. That uh, it's a, it's a it's a disease. I would say that a lot of people are getting addicted to finding drugs for recreational and to find that pleasure of life and forgetting the problems of everyday through the through those drugs and getting addicted to it. I think should be in prevention of those people to get those drugs and that what Sean mentioned is uh, it takes a lot of from government society and the social workers and also treatment of the people who are already in that addiction because it's not their fault uh, that they are addicted to it and they need some help to get out of that uh, to get clean and I think it takes also uh, rehabilitation centers but they need to be they need to be centers that uh, attract those people and like john said not kind of punishing them but to to give them the help that they need uh, on the other hand i think social media and um, uh, the society need to talk more about it and the risks of those drugs and the addiction and uh, also the tragedies that can come with it and we should not be uh, afraid of talking about it and people who need help needs to talk freely and People, people who are around them needs to ask for help for those people, I think. You're a, uh, you know that, uh, you're a brain surgeon. How do drugs affect one's brain? So uh, drugs, fentanyl, let's say, we were, we were talking about fentanyl a lot recently. It's a miraculous drug for people who are in pain and uh, in the hospital. It's a very powerful drug that we use in the hospital to decrease pain or to uh, give to the patient who goes under uh, certain procedures so they are comfortable with that. Or patients who are in the ICU and they need this drug because they are uh, in pain and then we need to get them through that process of the disease that they have. So those drugs are made mainly to give to people to decrease this pain and to help them to uh, uh, get better. However, taking those drugs in the body, it decreases the pain, but how it modulates the pain, I would say. But the, some of the side effects, I would say, is in the brain when they give this uh, feeling of euphoria, euphoria uh, happiness and forgetting the problems of every day. Uh, when you take it in a higher dose and when you get on the street, you don't have the right dose because it's not prescribed from the medical provider. Uh, nursing, doctors, is given from someone that you don't know the dose that you're getting. That can be a higher dose that can give a suppression of, uh, of the respiration. So beside that effect of happiness that you get, you might, uh, or you are in danger of not breathing and get the, uh, get anoxic brain and damage on the brain. That's uh, one of the tragedies that we are talking about, uh, about uh, John's daughter. And um, I think, uh, it's, I, I always compare uh, taking those drugs like jumping uh, from the airplane without a parachute. Well, in the hospital, you have uh, monitoring, you have uh, doctors, nurses that check on you all the time, you have the right dose to take it. If you take it on the street, you are jumping from the plane with that happiness in the beginning, but you don't have a parachute and you don't know how that might end. And uh, the other, on the other hand, the body gets used to those drugs and you require a higher dose. So every time you take that drug, you uh, get that happiness and your euphoria and that pleasure from those drugs, you need a higher dose and that creates the addiction. And that makes it harder 
to disconnect those people from those uh, drugs. And that addiction can affect their behavior in the society. They are, they are willing to do a lot of other activities that are not legal or probably hurtful for the society to provide those drugs. In the meantime, people who sell those drugs, they get richer and get money. Uh, people who are in need of those drugs are, getting, are being victims, I would say, of, uh, of, of those people and uh, of the drugs itself. So it's complex. I think it requires uh, a whole society to change the mindset about those drugs, to talk more about it, to know the risks. And especially in young people, uh, they need to be educated about what it is and what those drugs can do to them. John, um, I think this is something you probably know more about than a doctor. How, do the, how does fentanyl get into the country? It's getting it from China, 165,000 labs out of China, selling it to the cartels in Mexico. They're opening lab after lab now. It's coming through San Diego, uh, Tijuana, through the border. You get about 40 to 60 percent come from China and Tijuana. And uh, we need sanctions against these countries. They're not calling a controlled substance in China, so they don't have to monitor their, their labs or Mexico. You have the corruption on the Mexican side, and yet it's a $35, $35 billion industry, pharmaceutical industry. The problem is our country, our, our government, when they do these omnibus bills and all these total bills of throwing trillions of dollars out. Politically, they talk a good game, all of them, but when you send $100 billion to Ukraine to a war that you're funding with 15,000, 20,000 people are losing their lives. I feel bad for those people. I've said it over and over again. But you, where's the, for the kids we're losing their lives here, 100,000 plus every year. Here's the war. Why aren't we putting that 100 billion into our children? Why are we allowing this immigration floodgates coming in where these people are suffering also. This is not an American dream. It's an American nightmare. They're coming here. They're being raped. They're being tortured. They're being child trafficked. They're, they're living and sleeping on dedicated streets. And then our government's giving them free Xboxes, putting them in hotels. How about these kids that are living all over the street all these years? Why aren't we giving them places to stay? Why aren't we funding them instead of funding Iraq with billions of dollars that hate this country? Why are we not giving, excuse me, Iran, and funding these countries? You're funding money into the borders of other countries, and you're not protecting our own border. And I believe in immigration for the people are saying. I do believe, but not this way, because those people are indebted to the cartels. They're being abused by the cartels. They can't get a work visa for four years because of the, the influx of so many people. We have a veteran Veterans, 44,000 living on the street, uh, becoming drug addicts and uh, for PTSD, suffering. We have orphans, 125,000 of them. And our government saying we don't have the money to fund uh, the American citizens and kids that are dying every day and are addicted. Instead, they're being butchered on the street. They're going to prisons. And it's a revolving door because we, we do not want to fund them because it doesn't help them politically. We're funding other countries because of politics, but we're not taking care of our own families and kids here. This is the problem. I'll, I'll ask you that. Go ahead. Uh, to the question how the drugs come to this country, I think uh, I agree with John. Uh, 
that needs to be a control of those uh, those drugs. Actually, in medicine and healthcare, we call them controlled substances. Even for medical providers, there is a check and there is a control, double control that we do when we give to the patients. I think the government and the laws have been very, uh, very tight at this time to not give the possibility to providers to, to give those uh, medications to the patients in a high amount. And I think it's good, but also it's uh, limiting some of the patients who really need um, the pain medication because of those new laws. On the other hand, um, those laws need to be uh, tighter for and prohibit uh, illegal drugs in the street and uh, uh, to find those drugs easy from the from the young people or from everybody. I think it should be controlled from medical providers. I said earlier before you came in, Garcia Luna is the head of the FBI in Mexico that is involved on the top levels with our government who is on trial right now for helping the cartels to kill and to bring drugs into this country. Here's the problem. is because they're corrupt all the way to the top in Mexico. We should have private sector people guarding those borders. They shouldn't have access to our government the way they do at their high levels because they're talking to our government officials actually and working with the cartels. So this isn't something I'm just cooking up and saying this corruption. Those borders that should be sanctioned against the Mexican government, against the Chinese government, and any other government that is, is complacent or helping these drug dealers bring this stuff in and making billions and trillions of dollars at this point. So how do you stop it? You have to stop it with private sector, and you have to stop it with sanctions, and you have to really limit yourself to guys like uh, Garcia Luna, who's the highest level of uh, FBI in Mexico in cahoots and giving our information back to the cartels. And he's on trial right now. This is what the, the drug, but the average kid that's in our neighborhood, black, Spanish, white, they're nothing. They're the speck of how this is coming in. They're just on the last line. We're attacking the last line of, of their army. We got to get to the front lines and attack it where it's coming from. It's too late once we're attacking these kids on the street because without the drugs coming in like this, they can't sell it like this. You, you, uh, you got introduced to Kensington through the project that we did on MainlineTV.org. Um, what, what is your involvement with Kensington now? Well, obviously, um, I, I lost my daughter uh, six months ago from fentanyl. She was murdered from fentanyl. It's not an overdose. I've said it. She's not buying fentanyl like a lot of kids. They're putting it in things that they don't know what's in. Diet pills, Xanax, uh, Adderall, uh, drinks. They're putting it in everything. So you, you said they. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but who's they? Drug deals, Mexico, cartels, China. They're all in cahoots with, with selling this because you're making millions and millions of dollars off a kilo of fentanyl. It's a speck of grand of sand he can explain. And this tiny that puts in the effect that it would take tons of cocaine. So instead of buying cocaine and putting cocaine in, it's a lot more expensive. They put very little cocaine in. They cut it and they put fentanyl in it. And they don't have to monitor it, so they're killing kids left and right that are just taking a little bit, and they're overdosing off it, and it's murder. It's not an overdose. The problem is nothing is regulated by these countries, and it's just flowing into this like a, like a river flows. And it needs to stop through our government officials and to those governments with sanctions, not with the kids from our neighborhood. 
The kids from our neighborhoods are nothing compared to the millions and millions and trillions of dollars that are coming into this country in drugs. Do you, you think open borders had, had an, hasn't had an effect on the drugs coming into the country? Oh, to, to, I know the borders. We used to move drugs and we used to move pounds of marijuana. But when we were bringing it in, we weren't bringing in fentanyl. These guys are bringing fentanyl. It's the most deadly drug out there. It's 100 times more than, than, than heroin yeah, yeah. and 50 times more than morphine. This, this, this stuff is just lethal. It's like dropping a bomb here. So that 100 billion in Ukraine should be right here with our children here, our families right here. And when you want to help them, I, I, again, you got to help your own citizens first, our veterans and the people that are suffering in this country and dying every day. And, and they're in this circle of death. And no one's doing anything about it. It's so frustrating watching these politicians talk and talk and talk. And they know what they need to do to fix this. You have our agencies on the border, on the immigration border. That we all believe in immigration, but it's got to be done properly or they're suffering, too. They're not getting that American dream. So the problem is it's 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 a. A political position by both parties and who cares what side of the aisle you're on. Fix it. Do something about it. Stop putting money all around the world when you can't even control what's going on in this country. You got 800,000 homeless people in this country. Nobody's doing anything about it. And you want to bring in another three or four million now, five million? What are you doing with them? I says, then who's suffering is our kids. Do you see a lot of uh, overdoses come through the hospital? You probably wouldn't. It's so, not. Yes, uh, I'm a neurosurgeon, so my uh, my specialty is intervention in the brain and the spine for different pathologies. But however, we get called when there are cases, emergent cases, with patients that have brain swelling, and that uh, is a case when the patient is uh, has an overdose and um, has brain edema and oxybrain injury. It's devastating injury for those patients, and uh, they call us to ask if we can do anything about it. Uh, unfortunately, it's, um, when that happens, that has happened, it's, it's very difficult to get away to recover or to do any treatments for those patients because they come late, it's already done the damage, and uh, it's, uh, it's unfortunate, it's a tragedy. John, um, my experience with Narcan, and I know how to use it, works well with heroin or morphine, but it does not work well with with, uh, with uh, fentanyl, is that true? It doesn't work well when they mix different drugs with the fentanyl. So if you're having cocaine and maybe ate a Percocet and you your fentanyl, the, my daughter, when she, you know, I didn't know much about the fentanyl industry until my daughter passed from it and was murdered by it. And I got involved with families that are all in touch with me. So I deal with this on a regular basis now where people are losing their family members. And it's so frustrating for us to know that it's just one more victim and it's continuous that when I first learned about it, I called him because he's my best friend and he understands it. And he was giving me the, the, the understanding that I had my daughter on life support for four days and I was suffering. And he knew from speaking with the other doctors for me and discussing that she really didn't have a chance. And he was trying to let me know and gently bring me down to reality that uh, this is not going to end well. And, uh, you know, you need to say goodbye. It's not easy to um, separate uh, a doctor from the friend, and I had to do both at that time to explain the doctor part, but also being a friend and knowing um, uh, the reality it was not easy to talk about. I think John is brave and a lot of courage to talk about it, uh, and I think to bring this up and to, under to make people understand that uh, 
this is a big problem today that society needs to address and uh, to think about it and uh, to talk about it and to find solutions. I think. I got to say one thing, and I don't mean to cut you off. One of the things about my past life is, and you have a lot of people that are going to have their opinions, is I had a bad life. And people might not say, well, we don't feel bad for them. And, I, and I'll say this over on every show. This isn't about feeling bad for me. This is not about feeling, feeling bad for anybody that's on the street. But these kids are innocent, like my daughter. They're just regular kids bothering nobody. That have My daughter had a child, uh, and she wasn't a gangster. She wasn't a drug dealer. She, wasn't, she was a girl that, like most kids, recreationally using drugs or some of them addicted or whatever. They're being murdered. And uh, yeah, I want people to feel bad for them and not me. I'm just out here advocating to save one more child from dying like my daughter did or our friend Jim that did or uh, what Sam Opizio is doing now is running for city council trying to save lives. Um, that's, that's the difference. Do we say enough about safe injection and safe injection sites? Do you have any opinions on them? I don't believe safe injection sites are safe. I believe it just brings in more crime, more drug deals, and, 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 and exploits a situation that's bad. And dealers are going to take advantage of it. They've got clients sitting there waiting for them. And they're going to get them indebted to them. And then when they're indebted to them, they're going to tell them, I know where something's at. You've got to rob this for me. And they're going to do it. And you're going to make criminals out of these kids and guys and adults that are on these safe injection sites that are just trying to survive another day and get high. They're not criminals. And unfortunately, that leads to robberies, deaths, and murders. And, and that's what we're, we're, we're perpetuating, a bad situation. And the only way this is going to stop is to take those billions of dollars and put it into industries with doctors, with therapists, where it's free and the government's paying for it instead of the injection sites. Get them in there. Got a couple minutes left. Anything you guys want to finish up with? Uh, I think thank you for uh, inviting me here. And um, I think it's a... Uh, it's good to talk about those problems uh, and to talk more so the people know, understand what exactly it is. Uh, that little pleasure they get in the beginning from those drugs can turn out in a big tragedy and addiction and other social problems. So um, I uh, thank you, my friend, that he talks about uh, everywhere about this problem to help people in need. And for me, I just want to say uh, follow again. I'm Oscar Lugo, his case out of Philadelphia, the injustice his case, I will be talking about that. And if anybody that's suffering through uh, family deaths or uh, don't know how to deal with a, somebody who's an addict and you want to contact me, contact me at John Elite on Instagram, on my website, johnelite.com. And uh, the more people that voice their opinions as a group uh, were stronger to try to combat what's going on. Until next time, this is John Ricciuti, MainlineTV.org. Thank you.